0: Wow, I feel very humbled by that uh, introduction. Thank you very much, Pastor Josh, and acknowledging also Pastor Kristen. And um, oh, I'm so blessed to be here with you. I'm excited to be here with you. But before I start, I just want to pray. And if you can pray with me, that the words that I share are ones that are from God, and what isn't, He throws out. And you have discernment. It, but I just want this to be something that's about sharing something that's of benefit in your walk with the lord so lord just bring this time of sharing praise message about you and your faithfulness your journey with me and those who are here in this place that you will multiply bring direction bring correction and opportunity to see what you have in store for us and we give you praise and thanks and glory in jesus name ah so good to be here thank you For that warm welcome, I better check the time and if I get this from the front row, I know that's time to go. And it's lovely to see some old friends in the uh, congregation as well. I might miss a few folks. I saw Jeffrey Jensen there before, wherever Jeff is gone, we went to Yandina Uniting Church together when we were kids. And his wonderful parents, wonderful Christian uh, uh, folks, and the Fullers also, Val, who made my sister's wedding garland there you go and i see another vowel down the front vowel smart but and there's others in but thank you for that warm welcome when i was talking with uh, josh before he said share a bit of your story and as i said i hope that there's things in my story that you don't just say gee, that's for that person over there there's something that resonates and speaks to you because we are on this walk together as fellow believers in jesus uh it was mentioned before i have been in parliament a few years i was blessed to be the speaker of the parliament uh, just a few years ago when uh, we were in government briefly and uh, it's funny though i was with my sister and my sister helen who's a great encouragement to me and uh, someone said to her oh you must be oh, you must be very proud of your sister you know this this position that she's got And there's nothing like siblings, is there, to put things in context. And she just dryly replied, Oh, Fiona's always been the speaker in our family. (laughs) Well, there you go. Anyway, I also wish to um, acknowledge some of you may have known my father, Gordon. Of course, uh, Dad went uh, to be with the Lord last year and we miss him. He was the Member of Parliament for this area, so I represent Maroochydore, uh, but for many years he actually represented the area, which is Karura, that became Noosa, and uh, fought the good fight and is responsible for stopping high-rise in Noosa and, and being part and parcel up front in that fight and, and uh, stopping development on the spit and a lot of those very strong uh, stewardship approach to good environmentalism, as well as leaving a legacy of of uh, of infrastructure of good infrastructure and so i lost dad last year but i want to also acknowledge my mum who couldn't be here this morning but mum's 89 and uh, but together i've been so fortunate to grow up in a family that uh knows the lord and they prayed with us as kids they encouraged us as children uh though ultimately it's your own personal decision to follow jesus but they have been a tremendous inspiration to me over the years and Dad couldn't have done what he did without Mum and her influence. So I'm proud to acknowledge them as my role models and uh, to thank them for their, their kindness and boldness and their heart for service in the community. So when Pastor Josh asked me to speak, he particularly had Daniel, uh, Daniel at 1132 in mind in respect to an aspect that talks about, talks about. Well, I'll just quote a little bit out of the the scripture and then tie it into my message, where in uh, Daniel. Read my notes. In in Daniel, where it talks about, for the spiritually ma- mature who know their God to display strength and take action, uh, the Amplified talks about how. Well, all the Bibles talk about the context of that, where people are living in a day and age. Where not everybody saw things the way that uh, God's people did. And in fact, the church was greatly challenged. And in NIV, it says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. So, what I want to share today is about Mission Possible. It's about Mission Possible, how God strengthens us for the task that he sets before us. it's a strength that comes from him and there's three core aspects of that that i've reflected in regard to my story that uh, i wanted to share about mission possible for those who wish to accept it uh mission possible and that's firstly about knowing god's power it's about being empowered with his power and putting your purpose into action and Relating a little bit of my background and my, my story, as I mentioned, my family, I've grown up in a Christian family. We grew, came to the Sunshine Coast when I was three, grew up at Yandina and uh, Kuroi, and my folks have been a, a great influence in my life. But a really defining moment in my early years uh, as a young person was having the opportunity of going to live in Japan. So I was 17 and then turned 18 there, lived there for a year as an exchange student. Wonderful experience. I don't know if any of you have been uh, fortunate to have had the chance as young people to live overseas. Uh, Perhaps people have come from overseas and Australia is their new experience. But it was a great opportunity. I had five years of high school French and not one word of Japanese. First day I arrived in Japan, they had this very fancy... Lunch before us, and I grabbed this green blob of food, and yeah, so you know where I'm going with this. Ate the whole lot. I did not know the word for water. (laughs) It was wasabi, which is the Japanese horseradish. It just takes your head off, and boy, you won't have any sinus problems after that. It was, uh, and so I was, I was red. My face was, I was streaming, my eyes and my nose, and just about choking. Anyway. Uh, I tell you, it's great incentive to learn about a culture uh, and uh, to learn language. But it was a wonderful experience for me, living in that country for 12 months with a number of different families. Now, Japan is uh, it's a first world Asian country. However, it has one of the lowest numbers of Christians as a p- portion of their population in the world. Only about 1%. And there's a long history behind that. And I knew when you go overseas, they say, you have to fit in, you're not to, uh, if you can't get to church, if you're a that's fine. And you understand that. You're there to fit in and work with those that you're living with. And so it was a wonderful year, but one of great opportunity for personal growth and challenge. And I found myself, as someone who had grown up in a Christian family, going into a Buddhist Shinto country of these wonderful people, being really challenged about what was truth, Did I just grow up in this culture and nice things that my generations before me had passed on to me? But what was the truth? And how relevant was Jesus of Nazareth to these people in Japan? I really wanted to know whether he really was who the Bible said that he was. Whether he was just a God of the West or the Middle East in this case. And how relevant was he to Japan of all places where I was living? Look, to cut a long story short, I had a lot of opportunity to think and pray. That wonderful sister I told you about before gave me a travel Bible before I went away. And it was a different version from the one that I'd probably grown up reading. And I found myself diving into it and questioning God. And I'd say to young people here today, it's okay to ask God questions. Because the sense I got when I was there away from all churches and other Christians was, if God's the God of the universe, he can speak to me. And he can speak to you too in those questions that we have, not to be frightened to put them to him because he's a big enough God to answer them. And I found as I took this Bible and, and dived into it, a real hunger to, to read more and know more. And there's this growing sense that Jesus was who he said that he was. Anyway, I'll share an experience I had. And it's one I don't often share because it was a little bit unusual for me coming from a very conservative traditional uh, church background but one night I had this really unusual experience quite a long way into my time in in Japan so I was handling the language by then I wasn't uh, making silly mistakes and eating huge amounts of wasabi in one hit but I was in the bedroom on the tatami mat of this bedroom in one of my Japanese host families and out of the blue I I really can't find the words to explain it even now, but there was this incredible sense of a presence that had come into my room. Now, it was very different from the presence that I was sensing when I'd been reading my Bible. It was actually as if this great big black wall of fear had come into the room. While I couldn't see a physical presence, I could sense that something evil and just this embodiment of fear had come into the room. Never experienced it before. I was happy in my circumstances, getting on well with my family in Japan, family back home. And it was all out terror. And I can say to you that I have never prayed so hard in my life. And I think growing up in a Western country, we don't talk about spiritual stuff too much. Growing up in a traditional church, uh, you know, people would think you're nuts talking about this stuff. But it was very real. It's almost like a physical presence pressing down on me. I've never prayed so hard in my life. And somewhere I remembered from my childhood, uh, scriptures from the Bible, but also songs that talked about if you call on the name of Jesus, all demons will have to flee. And that's what I started to do. I started to call on the name of Jesus. And I loved listening to your worship before. And what was that about um, Glorious, the glorious song anyway? It was lifting up the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. This is not just something that's written on dry bits of paper. There was like a, a light switch went on, if you like, calling on the name of Jesus. And then I remember, you know, praise is powerful. That's something that I, I could re- recall in that moment. But that light switch almost went on in that. What changed in that room went from being this physical sense of a, a weight upon me and fear to being uh, this amazing presence of love. And I knew that Jesus was in that room. Couldn't see him, but boy, I can tell you, it was real as anything as if I was standing, he was standing here physically in embodiment today. I learned something powerful for that. And it was about the power of our God, the power in the name of Jesus. This is real. This is real whether you're in Japan or the Middle East or Australia. And in the Bible, uh, there's, there's a lot of stories about the power of Jesus. So I hadn't met any of those weird Pentecostals at that stage growing up uh, where I had. <laughs> I go to Suncoast down the road, so I've joined you. But anyway, it it um, that's my home. <laughs> so this was a different experience. But it started the light of fire and understanding the words in the Bible that I was reading that I was so hungry for, that there is really power. And I'd say today to those who are perhaps struggling with difficulties in their own life, uh, to understand that the power of God that there is there, it's as real today and it's available to us in every area of our lives. So I've been questioning about the reality of God. I've been questioning about who this Jesus was and God in his graciousness really allowed me to see that and that he really does have power. Even if, believe me, there is another power and, uh, that comes out of the pit of hell. But our God is more powerful than that. So he's not a myth. He's not a historical has-been. So in our mission possible, if we're to, to know God's strength in our lives, that we can call on him for help in any area where we struggle, we need to know that his power is real. Furthermore, in this mission possible, we need to be empowered. You know, I was so pleased when I started looking at some of the scriptures around strength and, and what it means and when you're asked to to take a chance to share and I hadn't done a word search for a... Maybe I've never done a word search just on that phrase on Strengthen and I would really encourage you. I started pulling up my notes before on my phone. I wasn't playing Sudoku. I was having a little look. And um, But I'd encourage you, if you're really wanting to know the power of God and how he can empower you, it's a really good study to do is to pull up the, the notes on Strengthen. It is just blows you away because not only is the power of God... There, we know he is the Lord in heaven. His empowerment is available for us us here, to be empowered by Jesus. And the scripture says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Another scripture says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So God is all-powerful. But he empowers us, and why was such a blessing going and doing that bit of a search and looking at the strength and scriptures, which are right throughout the Bible, about how he will empower us, how he will strengthen us to deal with the challenges we have, to empower us for a purpose. There was just a really interesting thing that sort of jumped out at me, and it was also the number of there are a number of scriptures too that talk about when we do things in our own strength, and I thought I'd reflect on that in sharing a bit of my journey as well, because I'm probably one of those type A personalities that likes to get things done. I bet there's a few of you out there. You know how easy it is to go hard and, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a strong person. But, you know, it's if you do it all in your own strength, you come a cropper. And I know that when I reflect on the times when I've been uh, discouraged uh, and weary, because... Has anybody else been ever discouraged or weary in whatever you're doing in life? I suspect that's something that we get to experience. We can get let down. We can find challenges that can really undermine sometimes that joy and that that purpose and that, that drive. Inevitably, and when I looked at the scriptures that were talking around about empowerment, the strengthening of God, and then the contrast of when doing things in your own strength... I realize the times when i've been found that i've been weary has been often when i've been going hard and not just resting in God and trusting my own strength is enough i still I still learn this lesson i 'm still learning this lesson but it's it's so stark the difference between when you do it in god 's strength and take the best of our skills and abilities and give them to him, knowing that we still have to pause and take time to rest and strengthen our physical bodies as well as our our spiritual walk so god is all powerful and he empowers us he's here to strengthen us but one of the other lessons that i've learned that is just just cuts through and that's why i loved your praise and worship before because i reflected on that time when i was in that japanese room with a tatami mat and that what i thought was quite a strange spiritual experience but one that i learned a powerful lesson from was that praise is powerful and when um, you know you, you feel least like it to offer up a sacrifice of praise, to get the praise worship going, to let rip, and uh, to speak out the name of Jesus, even if you actually most of all when you least feel like it, the number of times I've seen the atmosphere change, the atmosphere change, and you know I think there's something that connects us to the to to God to His kingdom in that moment, and where. You might feel, and there's times i felt far away from God, even though you think, well, you know, it's you've just been busy. It changes like that when you get into a place of praise and it changes something in the atmosphere, but it also breaks down the distance that we put into our lives. So speaking out scriptures, going into praise and worship, these are the things that I've found have harnessed uh, the power of God to... To rise up, as the scripture says, like on the wings of eagles, you know, to to run and not grow faint. It, it requires first a place of rest, but also lifting up the name of Jesus, and that's just something I've found just so powerful. So I came back from Japan many years ago, and uh, I didn't go straight into politics. Uh, I had no intention of going to politics. I was a, I wanted to be a journalist. That was a bit of a detour for me. So even though my dad had been in Parliament, I didn't grow up thinking that's what I'm going to do, I thought my call was into journalism and I came back and worked here on the Sunshine Coast, I actually uh, worked even at one point up at Noosa in the Noosa News and it's funny you know, I used to get people who'd say, how can you be a Christian and be a journalist and then I went into Parliament and people would say, how can you be a Christian and be a member of Parliament if I could break this down, you may not feel like you're called to public office, but you may be. If there's something inside where you think this could be something where I'm called to serve, that's, that's stirring inside. But whatever your vocational call, the thing that, that lights the fires, the passion, the purpose in your life, God will equip you as I believe that he has equipped me to stand in these places. He will equip you. Now, some of you may be in seasons of your life where you think, oh, well, I've come here, I've done that, and might have done some wonderful things. It's not over yet. You know, we don't get to retire. You know, sometimes seasons change in how we serve, but we don't get to retire. This is the wonderful privilege of living in this era and this age that we are. So I went into journalism, and uh, that was a great experience, learned a lot, very grateful for that chance. But I started to get really stirred up, and as is mentioned, I had been in Parliament a few years, but I was relatively young in those days, and um, I, I felt really stirred, and I'd heard this incredible sermon, actually, on the salt and light, and I do believe that we are called, whether you're in full-time ministry or the ministry of vocation, to serve as teachers or doctors or mums and dads or soccer coaches, wherever you're called. Wherever that passion stirs and the gifts that you've got in your hand and you put them to work, God will equip you. Sometimes we've got to craft those gifts and dedicate them to them in a very strategic way so that we don't only have good intentions, we bring good actions. We've got to bring good actions. It's as ethical or unethical to do bad works through ignorance as it is to uh to deliberately do them so we've got to pray and we put them before god the show how do we craft these skills and these talents let's do it well let's be excellent in all that we do and i was challenged by uh things that were happening politically and i thought well you know if we're called to be salt and light you know that means sometimes you've got to be willing to step out and you might even get hit around the ears a bit happens a bit in politics but salt and light principle is about uh bringing influence it is about uh preservation It is also salt talks about purity as well bringing a standard and standing for what is good um i don't stand in saying i'm a perfect person but my my god is perfect he does call us to be an influence for good in our community and the light of course is to illuminate to bring hope to bring the opportunity to set people free from this uh, stress and to bring opportunity i do believe that we're all called to leadership in our community and leadership in whatever that role may take unlocks the potential of other people and there's ample scriptures that talk about how we're called to set the captives free there's many areas that captivate people in a way that binds them from their destiny and their hope so take those skills and those gifts he's uniquely called us uniquely called us and there's no season for retirement there's uh seasons of opportunity to take that here we are in this great land of the holy spirit australia You know, so grateful for our nation. We've just uh, commemorated Anzac last week. But, you know, sometimes there is an attitude in some parts of the the, the body of Christ where people think, oh, it's so unclean, you know, politics, you know, stay away from it, I'll stay outside, I'll be more pure, uh, not being involved directly and I'll, you know, I'll have an opinion what's going on. I would say to you that in all areas of our community, we have to occupy. We have to occupy and bring the best of who we are to that to that job goodness me joseph served in a pagan non-democratic you know egypt and brought influence at the highest level you know that man who got it uniquely gifted but he didn't compromise he took the opportunity of standing firm and strong but he didn't also sit back in the shadows he could have there were places and times he could have pulled back and that's the challenge i say to myself still that God will give us eyes to see the opportunities to stand in places. Some you will see and some it's the opportunity of the conversations that you have directly with people. Your influence is multiplied. You know, it's interesting looking at examples in history like Wilberforce, amazing man, served for decades in the UK Parliament. You know the story. He was there and finally got through the bills, the, the, the legislation to abolish slavery there must have been times of great discouragement. However, he had around him a circle of friends, influential people, some whose names you'll know and others you won't. I understand some of them even had networks back over here into Australia. I'm trying to research that to find out about them because, you know, leadership doesn't always have a title. I've got a title as a Member of Parliament, but the leadership of opportunity, of influence, the people that you walk alongside of in your communities... There's going to be folks that you will have direct conversations like that chap in China, conversations that you may not see because of the opportunity of you being there, being there. Wilberforce had these amazing people around him and not only did they support him in the parliament as he fought to over decades to try and get this bill through and change people's mindsets to abolish uh, slavery by law, these folks also had tremendous influence in affecting culture Carolyn Chisholm, love that woman. I don't think we talk enough about some of these heroes of the faith. What an amazing woman. She couldn't even vote. It was the 1800s. And yet what she did, she spoke to the House of Lords in the UK, to their, to their committees. in here in Australia, in the, in the New South Wales Parliament, of course it wasn't the Queensland, we only came into existence a bit later, but she spoke into places of influence. And she was bold and she loved the Lord. You know, this woman who had a passion to influence and use it for a good purpose. So, putting our purpose into action, which is the third point. And uh, I know not everyone's called to run for public office, but we're all called to care. To take the influence that we do have, to trust that God's going to give us creative ideas. Others may be called to be outstanding teachers, as I said, or to equip young people in education. And whatever we do in whatever season, you know, will we answer that call? God is all-powerful. We can be empowered through his strength. There is a purpose to be put into action. Each of us has a purpose to be put into action. And as I said about salt and light, you know, the influence, you don't always have to be in the majority. I want to tell you a little story because um, there are stories I can tell from my political life and, you know, we can point to the things that make newspaper headlines but some of the most impacting have been those personal stories. This one probably did end up eventually in the newspapers but you, you, you're blessed to be able to help people in circumstances that you would never ever foresee. I received a letter in the mail from this woman and, and I looked at it and had this photo of her and a beautiful little baby in her arms. Some of you may have heard me share this story before. Her name was Tracy. I read the letter and... Just strip your heart out because it was tragic, that little one in her arms was dead. Her boyfriend attacked her with the intention of killing the child when she was eight months pregnant. karate kicked her child bore the brunt the baby was born uh, w- was born dead, and yet the law at that stage didn 't recognize uh, an attack on a pregnant woman causing the death or injury of her unborn child. tracy hadn 't actually suffered a lot of injury herself; the child had borne the brunt. They could only charge him with some something like using force to procure an abortion. He, I don't know if he even got much jail time. There was an injustice and the law was deficient. And she wrote to all these members of parliament. I remember reading it. And it just, Just heartbreaking. The criminal code was up for review. We went to the government of the day. They didn't want to do anything. They said it was an abortion issue. And I appreciate these are sensitive issues for a lot of folks. And I am pro-life but I'm not here to judge anyone who's faced those challenging circumstances but this wasn't an abortion issue. This is a mum who wanted her babe, eight months pregnant, attacked and um, we raised the issue then on the floor of the house and I literally remember people screaming and shouting at me to sit down while this woman was, Tracy was up in the gallery. Oh, it was so discouraging. It was so unjust for her and her unborn child and they didn't want to change the law. I share this story because... Some battles you win today, and some you win tomorrow. We cannot be discouraged from doing good. Never weary of doing good. It took a few years later, we changed government, had a, um, actually, it was Denver Bean when Beanland, was our Attorney General at the time. We changed the criminal code. There's now a provision there that recognises someone attacking a pregnant woman, injuring or killing her unborn child. Now, tragically, that's actually had to be used see, some battles we win today, some we win tomorrow, and some we have to sow in faith in our actions uh, because the true legacy of impact is that which lasts beyond a generation, to be steady, to be s- faithful, seeking for ways to influence but not discounting the opportunity to influence where we are. So, mission possible. Wilberforce Chisholm, yourselves, whatever we're called to, don't discount the opportunities that come through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit by knowing and serving a God who loves us, who wants to see people break free from from uh, not only discouragement but from being captive from circumstances uh, who are tasting that hell on earth that I only saw a little flicker of, uh, who know the challenges our God is able to overcome and he's calling us to be part of that journey by ensuring that we take that purpose to love God, to love people, to set them free. So I just... I thought just um, in bringing bringing things to a close, I I just wanted to actually read a scripture. And if you've got your Bibles or your iPhones or you want to lean over and read somebody else's, it's Isaiah 41, 8 to 10. Isaiah 41, 8 to 10. One of the things I've found helpful over the years, um, I, I put scriptures up to remind me, you know, because I get distracted with the ways of what's going on and I need stuff before me. And I This is one I've got on the wall of my bedroom, Isaiah 41, 8 to 10. It's a great one that I think really captures something about the call that God has in our lives to love him and to love people and to strengthen us in that journey. Isaiah 41, 8 to 10. I'm actually going to ask if you wouldn't mind reading it with me but I'm going to suggest whatever version you're reading instead of saying but you Israel insert your own name and I heard someone do this once, so I can't even give them credit for it because uh, this is what I have on my my wall of my route my home office but you and then your own name so Isaiah 41 8 to 10 but you Fiona read with me aloud perhaps but you You want to read aloud or you're a bit shy, I'm going to say. But you, Fiona, everyone else, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corner, I called you, I called you, I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So, Lord, we speak those words and believe them. We know you are all-powerful, our mission possible, this opportunity to be in this world at this time, to be speaking into our communities, to be there to help the vulnerable, to set the captives free in whatever area that we're called to speak and to be. Lord, that you will strengthen us with insights and wisdom and creative ideas. You will bless those who are already acting on their call and stir up others who have still to discover how best they can take those gifts and serve. Lord, we trust you will strengthen us, that we will walk in your power, in your strength, not in our strength, that there will be an opportunity, Lord, to influence by putting purpose into action, by loving you and loving people. God bless you. Thanks very much for having me this morning.